0: Happy September my uh, scaredy cats. Uh, Welcome back to the super scary podcast. And I'm your ghostess with the mostest, Josh. You know, the these, uh, you know, chill mornings that we've had here in uh, Richmond have just really put me in the fall spirit. So I hope this episode also puts you in the fall spirit. And I could think of nobody better to join me today than, uh, you know, someone from my coven of podcasters, uh, Miss Alex from My Cabbages and Avatar Podcasts podcast. How are you?
1: Hello, listeners, and happy fall. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. I love my fellow coven podcast member and go through the most is Josh. Yeah, gonna be so great. Every time I come on this podcast, I have such a great time.
0: Yes. Well, I'm happy to have you back. This uh, particular um, movie, guess what? We're covering a movie. Isn't that great? Um, And... (laughs) It's from A24. So before shock. Yeah, before everybody gets out their pitchforks and, uh, you know, fire torches. Yeah, we're um, not burning any witches
1: yeah, quite yet. Not
0: yet. Yeah, not yet. Um, but this movie is from A24, so we're covering it because A24 agreed to all of the demands of SAG-AFTRA and the Writers Guild um, strike demands, so... We are in clearance to cover it. So I'm very excited to uh, cover this movie with Alex because Alex has been begging. (laughs) pleading no uh we've had many conversations about covering this at some point so i originally was like okay we'll cover it in you know early 2024 because i had some other ideas uh but this just gives look at you overachiever
1: (laughs) planning out so far in advance you're such a nerd when you know you have all these things that you want to cover and you're planning out your podcast content (laughs) like months in advance that's wonderful right
0: i i was trying i was i was doing so well yeah
1: podcaster gold
0: <laughs> i was doing so well this summer you know the the theme uh i'm kind of pushing out to uh, you know after the strike ends because it was like a classic horror theme and we were gonna mm-hmm. we were gonna cover all the movies just to kind of knock it all out so that i could say i watched all the classics now i can move on to other things um but uh you know this this movie, change of plans. Yeah, change of plans. You know, things are yep. happening in the world and we're being respectful of that. So um, we are covering uh, The Witch today, which is, uh, you know, one of Alex's favorite movies from what I understand. Absolutely. This is in my
1: <laughs> top five films of all time. Uh, this is not this film is just like not limited to me. Um, just to scary movie realm, I of course watch it every October. But I also, you know, in this modern era of digital film, it's like like which is a huge aspect, you know, of the writers' strike that and Zag Afra that we're supporting, uh, in the digital streaming and all of that, where you can just go and like to your TV and like talk into your remote and be like, "Find me the Witch," it will play it on. <laughs> whatever platform or give you like, Oh, here are like the four different apps you can watch or buy it. I actually own a physical copy of this on Blu-ray. Oh, like wow. that's how much. And I, and I uh, definitely maybe for a bonus episode can like watch the actual like special features and go into it to see if there's any extra tidbits. But yes. there's just so much to break down in this film that I find something new every time I watch it. So Yes. It's like an onion. We
0: have layers. (laughs) We have layers, layers. And uh, even though this is an hour and a half movie, it is definitely a slow burn. So if you've never... Such a
1: slow burn. Yeah.
0: So if you've never seen it before, just uh, be warned. And also, spoiler alert for the rest of this episode. So now that we've covered all of that... you know, there there was a lot of firsts for this movie. Uh, it was directed by Robert Eggers in his directorial debut.
1: One of my favorite... Also, like, this film cemented him as, like, one of my fave directors. Yes. Uh, up there in my pantheon.
0: Yes. And, um... What's great about this is that Eggers actually grew up in New Hampshire, from what I understand, or at Mm -hmm. least in the New England area. He was very interested in history of the area, as well as witches. And um, so he wanted to make this movie as historically accurate as possible. Um, So he was working with a lot of British and American museums to really find out, like, really kind of nailed down what it was like in, you know, the 1630s. He also cast the roles primarily from England so that the accents were, you know, as authentic as they can be uh, for it being uh, filmed and released in 2015, but...
1: Yeah, so like, few things. First on Robert Eggers. Um, He's also he's had his list at this point in time, in terms of his filmography is very small. So the which was his first film, then there's Lighthouse and then the Northman. Um, And I also own the Northman digitally. Um, But all of his films are incredibly cerebral and like his, uh, what I feel like are some aspects that set him aside as a filmmaker that for someone who's only done three films, like he, his attention to historical accuracy and his filmmaking method- methodology is just So incredible, and it will take, you know, longer to do these things, but he refuses to cut corners. Because of that, it comes through in every aspect like the script, the production design, the costumes the way the actors are just like coming across on film it's all incredible it's a masterpiece um and that's what all of his films are uh so that's my plug for robert eggers and then in terms of like the set like when they are filming this movie like his attention to historical accuracy you know he wanted to film in new england um wanted to like get all of the things that he could to make it as accurate to the 17th century New England as possible, but because of like weird leasing and production stuff like in cost they had to actually end up filming it on like in canada and they were super 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 remote like probably more remote or just as remote as this family was in in 17th century new england when they get excommunicated from their little village which is how we start this movie
0: (laughs) Um, another thing I enjoyed about this is that he uses a lot of natural lighting and literally only lit candles for lighting. So it really creates that ambiance and kind of builds up the tension even more because you can't see everything outside of, you know, a lit candle. So yes.
1: And also in terms of to truly capture that essence and like of not just, uh, the time of year but also uh the lighting is one of the ways that he creates tension and um scale like creates those moments of scare <laughs> like there's yeah. not a, there's no very few any jump scares in this film and it's all done through not even sound it's all done through camera work and very very subtle uh tricks of the eye and which is which is brilliant but also in the, with the lighting they actually when they were filming ref, like he refused to film on sunny days they only filmed on overcast gray gloomy days which in terms of like you know you can't be on sunny you can't be partly cloudy as he full cloudy but it can't be raining So, like, that – I guess when you're in Ontario, I don't know if it's, like, Pittsburgh. Like, I don't know what the weather or climatic situation there is like, but I have a feeling you're not struggling to find cloudy days (laughs) to film. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But all – but in that being said, it is, like, a very, very, like, close attention to detail and, like, just is another – Example of Robert Eggers' dedication to his craft. Like, other other people would be like, okay, now we are filming as quickly as possible. Like, every day that we are not filming is a day wasted and a day that we're spending money. And Eggers is like, walks outside the trailer. It's like, mm, too much sun. Yeah. And walks inside. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, licks his finger to like test the wind, you know, all the things. Does
1: does a tarot reading and like the psychics? Like it's not in the card today, is Yeah, it's
0: it's not it. This is no. not it. <laughs> it's not it. Um, another first for this movie was that it was the acting debut of Anya Taylor Joy.
1: Oh my other great love! So many things to love about this fucking movie. <laughs>
0: Well, I, I should clarify, it, it was her film debut. I think she did some little bits of TV Like, guest commercials. Spots, commercials, yeah. yeah, that type of thing. So, um, this was, like, her first, like, big film debut. So, really, uh, well, her especially, but everybody in this movie, including the kid actors, which is not something I usually say, um, all did a great job, I think, in this movie. They crushed it. Yeah. Incredible. Like they really, all of
1: the actors were great, and they really sold the idea. I love that they went with relatively, like, I mean, no name actors for this film, yeah, and like went for people that were, you know, they were typecasted into roles that would have made them appear like an actual family unit from like Puritan New England in yeah. the seventeenth century, like, and they they sell that really well and like they have the fact that they have kids at so many different ages like you know anya taylor joy for thompson i I would guess she's around like maybe like 14 15 younger younger brother caleb probably 12 ish 11 12 the twin the twins probably five six no more than that and then the little baby yeah and so having all of those stages and like the kids still working so well like those twins are fucking brats i like (laughs) and i they just sold it so well maybe they didn't have to act that's just how they naturally are i don't know but um yeah uh i don't know if i filmed i'm it's like the little girl from the set of poltergeist like Filming a film at this age, that young, has to do things to your psyche,
0: man. Oh, yeah. And um, at least in my opinion, I feel like... Anya Taylor Joy is part of this crop of like what I call horror movie darlings that are just like she's in everything. Like, so is Mia Goth, so is Jenny Ortega. Like, they're the three kind of like the trifecta of like this new age horror. You know what I mean?
1: I'm here for it. And the fact, and we talked about this, I think. Last time when I came on to talk about, um, I know what you did last summer with actors like uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt and
0: Sarah Michelle. Uh, Sarah Michelle Baller. Thank you. <laughs> I'm mean, like, how am I blanking out her name? Oh my god!
1: Like Sarah SMG and Freddie Prince Jr. Like they all like had their film debuts or were like relatively unknown when that movie came out, and then it just like their careers kind of launched. From there, and I just think it is awesome now. in today's an age when, like, a horror film would be a career killer. It is now launching, or like, so that trifecta—the horror trifecta.
0: Yeah, I'm
1: stealing that. Yeah, amazing.
0: Well, I think you. <laughs> I try, you know, I come up with some uh,
1: the new concepts. holy trinity. <laughs> the true, the new holy trinity. I won't put Anya's Taylor Joy at any at any center of any trilogy
0: right? <laughs> so the overall theme of this movie i feel like is uh let's blame uh young teenage girls for things that are out of their control <laughs> in my opinion um in addition to you know using Religion and specifically kind of this trauma stemming from religion as you know a tool to to guilt people into maybe admitting things that they didn't do
1: well one thing that i love um about this film and you know we will be mentioning a lot about you know elements of 17th century new england so much in this episode because of how much Eggers draws from that time period and is like this film is in a way a critique of that time, but, and also of religious fundamentalism in general, right? And that's why when we ever, when everyone learns about the Salem witch trials in high school or school and remembers, like, like, oh, you know, blah, 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 and Giles Corey was a man pressed to death and X number of witches were hung and da, da, da. And oh, actually, did you know that no witches were burned during the Salem witch trials? Like, everyone knows those, like, little, little history tidbits, but, And, like, that it stands as an example and of, like, what happens when this religious fundamentalism, when you build an entire society around such strict principles, like, uh, how it leads to this mass hysteria where, like, neighbors turn on each other. And, like, even in today's day and age, you know, I think, you know, we have things like social media and it's, like, if you can substitute that for like you know in a day and age where not where, like majority of people don't even identify as religious anymore uh, but like you have like this new commons this ground where anyone can go and like share whatever they want and like you know we see the breeding ground like the internet is now for these types of extremism and um You know, all these people before that were spread around and like, yeah, people, we always have had racist fucks, right? But now like, you know, they're, they don't have to be out in hiding, they can go hide on the internet and like find each other and organize and it's fucking terrifying. And like, look what happens. Like we saw, we see what happens to society Whereas, like, here we get to the smallest, like, thing possible. Like, this cast is so limited. It's just this family. They have no one else to, like, blame for their problems but themselves, right? Or, like, what they come to say, their faith. And I just... So, like, how we go from the micro to the macro, or macro to the micro here, yeah. um, is is really really interesting to me. So, those are the things that are really scary about this movie, right?
0: <laughs> because really, the 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 witch doesn't be uh, witching until kind of well, she she pops up throughout, but like, it's not a whole yeah. lot of you know. Which thing's happening. <laughs> and honestly, at the end, it's really kind of Black Phillip slash, I guess you could consider him, like, a form of Satan in a way. Oh, I mean, he is, but.
1: He is, and that is, like, kind of the reveal of this film, right? Is, like, it, it's not the witch that they're, like, this scary, like, this other thing that, like, all these fears is, like, like you know, the t- temptations and the sins that they like are part of their faith that they have to put into like this image of the devil or like the witch, right? Like to them, it's like the, the witch that they've been blaming, like the, that stole their baby that like killed Caleb, all of these things. And reality, black Philip is the one that's been doing it this whole time. Like, like souring the milk and and like uh doing all of these things so he's definitely the devil i i don't think that's subtle
0: definitely not (laughs) subtle at all oh my god um so i do have a question before we get too much into it um so why exactly were they banished from the settlement is it like like williams like too extreme in the religion and they were kind of like, eh, no, like, you're too much, or... Yeah,
1: essentially, that's my understanding, is basically, like, there is, like, a, like, so Puritans, you know, they follow a very, very strict set of religious codes, right? Like, when we're thinking about who this group of people were, like, they immigrated from the, from England mm. to the new... America at the time, like, escaping religious persecution in England, and they left England because they felt that, you know, the Anglican church there wasn't strict enough. Like, that they, like, the Puritans were to the true faith, and so, like, they're, because they're just so, so strict, and then I think, yeah, with Thomason's father, William, he was accusing people of not being strict enough i guess or like feeling like that they you know because he sees himself as like the true right like i'm the one that is the most faithful i'm the one that is most um true to our faith and i think he felt that like you know they were straying and you know because of that that they're like well you know you're you can gtfo (laughs) or it's the opposite like they felt that he was straying um you know it's just it always see it's a it's a, some type of religious dispute yeah so it's not really 100 percent clear why they but i think it's like brought up throughout the movie and the mother definitely holds that as resentment towards william because she feels that the whole reason like they're out in the middle of nowhere is his it is his fault. Yeah. Um, like you wanted this, like we you felt like that the the group wasn't staying true to the Lord's way, so like the only way we can do that is to be like isolated and on our own and miserable <laughs> and Um, like, now we can't even, like, get our way through the winter because you have set us up somewhere that we can't grow any food and we don't have a town or a collective to rely on, so we're fucked. So, like, that pit of resentment, like, and that is something that, again, is, like, one of the true horrors or, like, the whole point of this film is showing how people's steadfast, unquestionable faith. In this, their higher power, their, their religion, whatever it is they're believing in, in this case, you know, you know, they're the Puritan version of Christianity and God and, you know, casting out the devil, um, by ascribing to this, like, You know, you in and of yourself are your own biggest enemy. Like, all of those things, all those unknowns that are scary out there in the world. That's why the woods was so scary in um, native New England, right? Because, like there there was no lights, there was it was pure 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 darkness that you like we can never imagine in today's world and like where as the town represented safety and also like religious both, both physical and you know uh religious safety once you walk outside in that you're all the things in the woods are scary that will both kill you and also tempt you like that's why the witches are there like the the native uh people that we stole this land from like they they lived in the the woods like walking outside was like certain death for them and it was also like you were also condemning yourself to a to fate worse than death, you know, you were going to be condemned to hell. And so like, when you do these things and you set up such like this system, like you of yourself are your own worst enemy. And we just see like all of these acts that the family does to be true to their faith, but how big of hypocrites they, they truly are. And it's like, you know, and it's those secrets that they're keeping, or like um their actual own acts of vanity or um whatever have it is like I think it Alan I allow this little thing by saying, uh <laughs> you know it's like every act of charity is selfish, so even here, right, when the father is like doing these things to like you know, oh like prevent the mother from uh like going off or selling Thomason." right away right or whatever it's like all these things he's doing he's like I'm the father I'm the one that is, I will take this responsibility. trying to be even killed right he's doing they're all doing it for their own things they all are like no yeah. we have to act this way or else we're not going to heaven and I don't want to be condemned like like in that in and of itself is right. selfish, right? They're like, oh no, we we're doing this to save our mm. children's soul, our fam- the the family soul. I am the shepherd. I'll do these things, but but truly like at the end of the day, like you want to get yourself into heaven. You right. don't want to be condemned. Like that's why you're doing this <laughs> shit. <laughs> and also like the shame but that's that was such an effective tool, right? Like how back then like anyone that's straight, any little thing would get reported, like, oh, you were crass with Mr. Foxbury (laughs) at the market when he tried to sell you uh, sheep for less than what it was worth. And now um, I saw that you whispered something under your breath as you were walking away, and I knew it was a hex. So she's a witch, and, like, right? And so they, like, they take these little things of, oh, my neighborly dispute, well, I'm reporting you as a witch and I'm doing this for the good of the community, right? I'm I'm doing this to save them be- and they have to be present the opportunity to confess so they can become right with God again Um, and I'm doing this as their good neighbor, but like, you know, really it's like, nah, you got some grudge and baggage and you're really mad at them because they did X, Y, Z and now you want to get, like, you don't give a fuck that Mr. Fox story <laughs> got screwed <laughs> over, like, you just want to see you just w- you yourself don't want to burn so you want uh, someone else yeah. to burn instead <laughs> like and that and that tattling of calling people out and keeping the whole group in line is what works so
0: well yeah and it's also a way to keep the spotlight off of yourself right because i
1: exactly yeah there you go yeah because i feel like
0: the mother Catherine does that a lot with thomason which oh my god homegirl is set up from the beginning by having sin in her fucking name but that's (laughs) oh yeah but um you know like Catherine, a lot in this movie, is blaming Thomason for things that, like, either, A, she didn't do, and, of course, the boys are not going to come to her defense. <laughs> like, like she gets blamed for losing Catherine's, like, silver cup that belonged to her dad or grandfather or something.
1: That he had to steal because, like, he he was failing and was, like... So rather than being forthright and honest, sold it because he was too prideful
0: to mm. admit,
1: so he lied and was deceitful. Mm. I guarantee you, the, se- the seven original sins I think uh, are going to crop up a lot in this movie. You don't and, say. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I'll
0: bet. And, and the crazy thing is that William the father, just when Catherine's like, really berating thomason about the silver cup he's just kind of like oh no she didn't do it don't blame her like just kind of like is kind of brushes it off but like doesn't actually fess up until way later in the movie so like by that time Catherine already has her thoughts about Thomason because other things happen, like obviously the the baby getting taken in the beginning, in the
1: very beginning, is, which I think that's like the opener, like that's set, like sets us up for what we yeah. might be dealing with, because like if that's like the first scare moment, and then we don't get anything later till so probably like an hour in, right? Know, it's it's slow.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a very slow burn, but that opening scene, I feel like, uh, captures your attention enough to be like, okay, what's going on? Like, blah, blah, blah. But like, obviously you see the, the witch later in the movie, like using the poor baby's blood to like make her, I guess, young (laughs) or something. It's kind of similar to Hocus Pocus (laughs) a little bit. if we're gonna compare it to something um but yeah but by by the time that Catherine even learns that like the silver cup was actually williams doing she already has her thoughts about thomason being you know the sinful little bitch basically (laughs) or a slut i think she calls her at one point right like
1: and i think um you pointing out the fact that she has sin in her name is really Really poignant because, like, for her, she's the embodiment of original sin, right? right? So, when we're looking at the Old Testament, like, you know, the story of Adam and Eve, really, that's what this family is doing. They're just like Adam and Eve trying to, you know, strive for salvation and, you know, like, living in this paradise. And then Eve being tempted and eating the apple and now and all throughout christianity and history like you know women have been seen as like these sources of sin and evil and lustful uh temptation and we see that here too where if we're thinking like okay the town the settlement that they left that was their Eden that's where they were safe that's where they had food and a life and community and they've been cast out of that at the beginning of the film and now we see this family trying to in the middle of isolated nowhere where they're already in bumfuck nowhere trying to rebuild and establish in that, in that isolation uh, be like oh I guess try and find the true way, but like and we're gonna create our own Eden and in that search, like seeing how um you know, how selfish and how hypocritical all of these people truly, truly are. Um and so for me Thomason and I with her and the mother Catherine to Catherine, you know, uh Thomason represents everything evil like i'm sure even before the baby was gone um or taken like there was this and it comes up again where like uh because she's getting older or about to be at a certain age where she's like she needs to get out we need to get her somewhere where she can bring in some income and uh like be a servant to some other family and that was actually a very common practice back in uh puritan new england where um, so
0: crazy to me you know
1: like (laughs) Yeah, and it was for multiple reasons, right? So they had to, for their perspective, um, like from a religious or societal perspective, it was important for the child to be separated from the mother or for the parents during adolescence so they could begin to focus on their own spiritual journey, right? Like they cannot, because that attachment to the mother and that love is seen as, you know, literally competition like no your first love should be god so if you're loving me more than god then uh that's a sin Mm. and you won't get to heaven so for your salvation you have to go do this uh so it was like for them they justified it with this moral this moral um way reasoning or line of thought but then you also look at it from a survival perspective like once you get to that age like you are a mouth to feed um, and you, um, we, where resources are very, and capital are very limited, and, like, the littlest mistake will, like, kill you when it come winter time. Like, you have to, like, literally be thinking about what it is that... We're going and people were also capital and so if i can get this person out of my house it's a less mouth to feed mm. it's also income so we will be getting something in exchange to feed feed us which is you know why every society ever has ever looked at like you know daughters as ways to get, gain their own placement in society whether it's through like you know a dowry or a head price so yeah that's we see that here and the mother is like like trying to to get rid of her (laughs) and um and uh like so yeah thomason definitely represents not just within the family that source of ire but also for the mother like that source of original sin and as like she's starting to come in to puberty and we even see that with caleb right like
0: yeah just uh the scenes where caleb's like trying to sneak a little peek and his sister's shirt is uh well obviously unsettling um but you know it's he's coming of age two to a certain degree because i'm assuming he's like 11 or 12 so you know boys are are you know, disgusting in that way as they grew up too. So, you know, and, and when the parents are having that discussion in the bedroom and <laughs> one thing I thought was funny was that the mother was like, Caleb, Thomason, are you sleeping? And they don't answer. So she just assumes that they're sleeping and they continue to talk very loudly about how they want to get rid of Thomason and how like K- they notice that Caleb is like, sneaking the peaks so she's like let's just get rid of her because that'll kind of solve all of our problems yeah all
1: of our problems yeah yeah and that's another thing right rather than looking within and like seeing like you know the reflections they have to do cuz like all these people do is sit around and do housework and pray all day and be miserable. like Those are, like, the three things. Like, if you are not doing those three things, then you like, like, Puritans believed that if you're idle, like, if you're not sitting around like, if if you are just sitting around doing nothing, Mm. that is sin. That is an opportunity, like, for, like, you know, you to think on holy thoughts. You have to stay busy and productive. So you are both contributing both to the physical flock, but also, like, your spiritual, uh, help as well and so uh but rather than going forward and like looking internally to see oh like with the mother like her her biggest sin um is definitely um I would say wrath and anger and um she um takes that out on Thomason rather than looking into her self and saying oh I have a problem I need to love my daughter, it's not her fault that we're in this situation. I need to be a better mother and, you know, fix my own problems. Like they are like their own source of, of downfall. Like them leaving the village has right. nothing to do with it. Right? But
0: also like, I'm, I'm assuming that since William was kind of like the head of the household, they can't really take their anger out on him necessarily. So by, uh, by that logic, I guess, like, Thomason just becomes, like, a punching bag for everybody. For uh, for, for all of... For, everybody! For any kind of sin, really. Because they, like, blame her for all the problems, including, like, you know, blaming her for Caleb looking down her shirt. Or whatever. Like, sneak it a peek. Or, like, oh, the... Uh, William takes Caleb into the forest but it's Thomason's fault (laughs) you know what I mean like it's it's wild to me
1: right and I think that's all done purposely to show that like you know every single action like the world even before at at, like the moment that she's born is against her and blaming her like again like they from their beliefs right as soon as a daughter is born they're like oh She's Eve. She's this, women are the source of original sin. and from that stems like the entire role and of women within their society and like their worth. And uh so like, you know, we see and it's that's why it's so heartbreaking to watch like Thomason do everything she can to try and be. Right. a good daughter you know and we see like the twins getting away with shit and the mother yells at her for not keeping them in control or like and like so and we see it happen right in front of the mother like the twins are so brass that they're <laughs> like oh eh, blah, blah, blah 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 thomason did this um she's a witch she's a witch she's a witch um even though it was like the little girl that was like pestering her like the the, the little twin pestering um, Thomason, and like telling her about, and she's like, "You're the one that's the witch," and blah 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 blah, and like, so she she leans into it, right? She's a source of everyone's problems, uh, e- like from the moment this movie starts, and from the moment she's been conceived. So no matter what she does, like she is condemned, and that's kind right. of like what they believed right. too, right? I believe I believe Puritans, like the whole thing is you don't know who's going; it's predestined, like they are like, it's already written down. God already knows who's getting in and who's getting out. We have no way of knowing and doesn't, but so the only thing we can do is to all be holy and save everyone. And through those actions, like we may, we might be saved. Um, Yeah. And so here it's just like, no matter what Thomason does, she's still going to have everyone else is, um, you know, salvation. And like the, the fact that they can't get into heaven hanging over her head like the mother like you know was upset with the father william because he like the baby mm, wasn't baptized yeah. and so now the baby can't get into heaven because uh of the father's but, you know, she still finds a way to blame it all on Thomas and like, oh, well, you're the one that lost the baby. So the baby can't really get into heaven because of you.
0: I can kind of uh, just a smidge understand why the mother is upset that like the baby was lost while it was in Thomason's care because like she was playing with the baby and then it just kind of disappears. So like by that logic, you know, you weren't there. You didn't see anything. I could see how you could blame Thomason, but blaming her for everything yeah. else yeah. is, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, uh,
1: maybe just just
0: give her a little break, you know.
1: Yeah, and like this, like Adam Eve, like you're you're damned if you do, damned if you don't situation, where like right. nothing she does will bring her closer to salvation in the eyes of the family. Like the only thing that would, I think write this for the mother would be like if thomason died but it's like it's not gonna bring the baby back right or right. all these things like i'm like i'm like what do you think's gonna happen like she's your oldest child and your daughter but like what happens with the the other girl grows up the twin girl exactly. i think like charity or whatever her little Name is something. Mer- some, one of the virtues. Mercy. Um, <laughs> mercy. Mm, mercy me. She, like, what's she gonna do? Like, I mean, you, you like, even solving, even if Thomason went away, like, you would still, and I think that's the point, right? Like, because she's refusing to do that internal work, like, everyone, like, is externally blaming. Oh, like, well, arson comes from Eve because she did X, Y, Y, Z. So, like. You know, oh, you're going to hell because of something someone else did, and you're going to do your best to try and, like, make up for it. Right. Like, of course, you're never going to get rid of that resentment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I love that, well, I don't love this, but I, I find it funny, I guess, Uh, That the twins are, like, accusing Thomason of practicing witchcraft, yada, yada, and then the parents just automatically believe them, but then Thomason is, like, fighting with the father later, and she's like... Well, you're the one that sold the cup. You're the one that took Caleb into the forest first. And, like, literally is, like, using logical explanation <laughs> to be, like, we're well, yeah. the one that's, like, actually having sin. So instead of, like, actually considering her opinion or, you know, her facts or whatever, he locks her, the twins, and Black Philip all on the same... uh freaking barn for the evening.
1: Yeah, like, you're gonna get punished here. Like, look at them being like these, like, is this 20, is this uh, 17th century New England or 21st century uh, TikTok or YouTube where mothers are getting arrested for Locking their children in their rooms and refusing to give them food, like, as punishment, (laughs) like, so they can learn a lesson, like, that's what this father fucking does, literally just, like, like, doesn't even, like, lock them, just straight up just, like, takes these wooden boards and, like, how does he intend to get them out? Like, Are you just gonna saw them out? Are you gonna burn it? Or are you like, what, with how scarce resources are, you're using a lot of firewood to like make, (laughs) teach your children a lesson.
0: Well, to be fair, every scene in this movie, William is either being prideful or he's chopping wood or he's doing both.
1: There was this YouTuber. That I found pointing out, um, with the father, like, like to your point, the only thing he's doing is chopping wood or being prideful, right? And and because the father, the father's sin is pride, like you know, he was too prideful to admit that he was wrong, and it got it them cast out. Of the village, like this is literally the equivalent of the dad being lost and not asking for and being too prideful to stop and ask someone for directions to get them to where we're going. So, like, except it gets you excommunicated to, uh, you know, die in the woods, uh, on your own with your family. Um, so he that like you know that that is his source of pride. We know that, and like, so when he's then he's chopping wood. And, like, when he's using that moment to, like, I guess, reflect, but instead of, like, actually reflecting, like, is just, like, building that pile of firewood taller and taller. And then it's, in the end, when that wood pile falls on him, it's literally, like, he's being crushed by the weight of his own sins. Like, that pride that he was too that was too heavy for him to address or actually try and tear down in his life was, like, eventually got so heavy that it just, it killed him. So I thought that was really um, interesting and and poignant.
0: Similarly with Catherine, we get a pretty, like, powerful, like, hallucinatory scene that she has where she thinks that her children have returned to her. um, But in reality she's just having this hallucination uh, it seems as though she signs over her soul to the devil i don't know if she actually does that because i don't think it really shows who the mother or the mother yeah
1: no the mother, I... the mother definitely does not i don't think yeah.
0: i think i think he tempts her but she doesn't actually sign the book right
1: i don't know i don't remember that um I, the only time, like, the only thing that I, I know that he comes out and actually talk, the only person that the, that we see or it's implied that Black Phillip, a.k.a. the devil, is, um, tems or talks to is Thomason.
0: Right. Catherine has a vision where she sees Caleb and, uh, their baby Sam come back, um, and she thinks that she's nursing sam <laughs> breastfeeding um and in reality it's uh it's just a just a raven just pe- pecking at her titties it's not it's uh, that is mm, no both
1: the raven nevermore uh nevermore shall the hold and love the child yeah um i how does the mom die again
0: well, she gets into a fight with Thomason at yes. the end after I know that after William dies, but I think she she uses um, like a knife or I think it's technically called she a bill hook. Kills yeah. she a Thomason, actually it's okay yeah,
1: Thomason Thompson kills yeah. her own mom. Okay, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. So she results to murder to murder. Yeah, I mean at this point Catherine is pretty unhinged and she's like.
1: I would argue it was all self defense like you know oh, yeah, matri- matricide aside like um it was it was you know literally they drove her to the to to this and I think that we've talked a lot about them sealing their own fates but like you know beyond I mean the I think wrath was just like the biggest thing for the mother and um that was also her downfall, right? Yeah. She it was like her anger is and specifically directed at Thomason, um, is what forced or is what drove Thomason to eventually kill her. Yeah. Um, um and then for Caleb, his was lust, and it was like, you know, all like him looking uh, at thomason and then going into the woods and being tempted by the pretty witch like those were that was his his downfall so at the end of the day they're all like their biggest sin that that they couldn't um get rid of was what was the horror that 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 got them all or like is it that or was it you know thomason and truly like the this little girl and the devil in cahoots, like, killing off the family, right? Oh, like, yeah. that's the, that is, like, one take that I, is very surface level and would vehemently disagree with. But, I mean, I guess that's what, that's what an AI would say was, like, how the movie ended. Like, <laughs> right? Thomason kills her family. Yeah.
0: It's a very, very simple explanation, (laughs) very simplified on the surface, like you said. But yeah, and uh, kind of going uh, back to your Adam and Eve point, like Caleb even like, barfs up an apple at one point yes at the end the Mm -hmm. poison apple yeah
1: you got it you got it you got
0: it yeah i'm not a very religious person but i was like oh that's uh that's pretty on the nose (laughs) like um but yeah so then at the end thomason uh enters the uh, the well, actually, the the twins disappear, so we don't really know what happened to them. I'm assuming the other witches or the main witch, somebody, took them. <laughs> I'm going to assume, <laughs> yeah. So they're gone. So Thomason is basically alone at this point, and she tries to get Black Philip to speak. He doesn't at first, but then he's like, um something about like what what do you want to know or do you want to live deliciously or something like that like all the do, things <laughs> do you want to live
1: deliciously like i don't know what they did but the person that they got to voice black philip they have an alternate like side hustle in asmr on oh, yeah. youtube they have to like that voice that voice could make me do anything like ooh like, go steal, like, your, like, life fortune and give it to me. Oh, yes. Daddy, yeah. I'll do
0: that. Sure. Yeah, sure. sure. Why not?
1: <laughs> I'll sign your... Where, where do I sign? Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, um, you can sign in this nice little book that Thomason also signs in, <laughs> um, He's like, first, get naked, and now um, you're going to sign your name in a book, and then you're going to go dance with some witches. How does that sound? She's like, great. Yeah,
1: I I think so, and obviously it is here, right? Because so, like, the whole, again, the idea is this, the title of the movie, The Witch, Right? We're thinking... We, we know going into this, there's gonna be a witch. That is... Like, the witches are the villains. Like, that's who took the child. All these things. We see the witch throughout the movie. And then, like, at the end, when it's like, whoop, twist! It's actually Big Philip, or Black Philip that did all this. It's like, um, what's, um, you know, I would argue what's worse uh than a devil you don't know. Like, a devil mm. you do. And so we see that all come to fruition here but what i find interesting is like so we always thought like oh and like you know back in the day salem witch trials like you know we had uh cotton mather who was like the preeminent like witch hunter and prophetizer back in like you know curious in england wrote a whole pamphlet and then we had the um I think it's, like, the Magnifica Malk- Malkrolum or whatever. Yeah. It's, like, the like the devil's hammer. Like, this huge, like, pamphlet that came out in, like, this, like, 16th century England or Europe about how we can get rid of all of the witches and, like, the temptations of the witch and the devil. And it's, like, but the actual witch witchcraft, like, in, like, the modern sense and, like, anyone that's ever, like, truly identified as a witch none of them worship the devil. Satanism is a completely separate realm. And so when I find it, I laugh in the face of Christians or just anyone nowadays that are like, the witches are devil worshippers. It's actually, we don't believe in organized religion. And the Satan is a Christian, uh, Western Christianized construct that, we don't even believe in, so how can we worship a thing that you tell us that you believe in, and, but we're not Christians? This doesn't make any sense there. Someone help me out. Um, so here, like, we do obviously have the, vi- like, the devil is real. He's the villain. Like, he's in cahoots with witches. They sign the book, and it's like, what comes to be the only escape for Thomason, right? She can either die. She's already killed her family. Or she can, Join up with these guys and, like, live a life, like, have her freedom that she's always wanted. Of course she's going to make the choice. I would have signed over my, like, if I had the choice of being accused of a witch worshipping the devil or being a worthless nothing in Puritan England, I would have chosen the devil in his book. But, yeah, I just, even though, like, in the modern sense of when we talk about witchcraft, like there the devil is the and like that's i guess kind of touched on here here too i like the 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 devil that they created like is their own construct and like that like this life that they were trying to do in order to like get closer to god and salvation ultimately was of their own like making and for not but also the devil is real so i don't know it doesn't translate well to real life, but it's, uh, it's almost as like this is a movie that's not real.
0: It kind of going back to your point about, like, witches' relationship to the devil, like, you can really tell, like, even in, like I said, about Hocus Pocus, like, there's a lot of talk of the devil and Satan and that, too. Like, the, the, the Sanderson sisters are, like, besties with the devil, and, like, um, I guess like Scarlet Witch to a certain extent, the way she's depicted in the MCU, like the, you know, this dark old book that she has, like is associated with um, Mephisto, which is like the, um, uh, the Marvel version of the devil. So it's like, there's a lot of, you know, just throughout the years, there's been examples of people misidentifying, I guess, uh, witches as, like, a devil worships her, so.
1: Absolutely! That's huge, and then ultimately what it comes down to, right, is, like, you're not scared of, like, you know, it, 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 whether it's in our world or this world, like, devil real, devil isn't. It doesn't matter What this ultimately com- is, it's, like, a critique and a um construct for femininity and the threat Of womanhood and, like, literally just the existence, like, and I think, too, this is something that we haven't touched on yet is nudity is another, you know, big thing in this film, right? Uh, The witches are naked the whole time, and and going back to the Adam and Eve, like, once they sinned, and they became aware of their nakedness, and, like, God, like, they requested that God make them clothes, and, um, you know, when the film ends, and we see uh, and finally, like, shutting her clothes and becoming naked, and, like, ascending, right? And she's getting closer to heaven than any of her family will ever get. And so, like, you know, just by existing and the idea of her body and the threat that that poses to people, and so that's the same with, you know, witchcraft like, throughout all of history, and it's not just women, right? There have been men and envies burned as witches, or accused of witches, and it's because anyone that was, like, a threat to the the deviation, so, like, um, you know, back in the day, like, you know, when, like, they had, like, the huge witch trials throughout Europe, you know, they were burning people. That uh, or women that were speaking out against the social order were weren't going to classes, or you know, as like the church was trying to consolidate power in an, a patriarchal system run entirely by men, and they see you know women outside of it who have they're independent, they're not married, but they are seen as a source of power in the community where people are going and searching out for them, whether it's for medicinal or spiritual. Or, you know, even political, like, some of these women's held, like, sway. And so, like, just, um, so that all, the idea of, like, the crone with, like, the, like, the cat in the woods, you know, kind of has credence, right? Like, like, those women's lived on, or these people lived on the fringes of society, and that's ultimately why they were burned right it wasn't because like they were cooking, they were doing witchcraft it's because they were like sources of power that threatened the social order that the church um was trying to um maintain and that's like the same here so the power what little power what little agency that these people have right like they've like they're in a new homeland. They're not in England. They're in an uh, in a inhospitable environment where everything from the wildlife and t- nature to the people that already live there want to kill them. And um, you know, there's the devil, this threat that is trying to also kill them, in not in this life, but like make sure that they're condemned to, to torture and hell for eternity like all of these external threats and so they are constantly under this barrage so when you have that mindset that everything is out to get you and you're like damned from the very beginning like you have so little agency so like whatever little grass of power that like More semblance of control that you can attach to that is going to like give you purpose, so you can fight back against this fate that you have been like predestined to. Um, Like you know, you're gonna do that, and to and that's the to the unfortunate you know um, downfall of Thomason as the oldest and daughter, and just being a girl surviving in in this this world everyone they have been torn away any like the, the family had so little semblance of control to them their faith is and prayer is the only thing that could give them like as a shield in this way and so they use it to literally bludgeon everyone else around them and it's to their own oh, to their own detriment
0: to their own detriment and untimely demise in this case for everyone. Yeah,
1: and and so, like, that's what I love about, and this will, you know, we can start to wrap up here, but what I just really love about the many things I love about this film is, like, the end when we see Thomasin finally, like, you know, ascending and be partaking in this ritual in the woods from and she's literally shedding herself of everything um, that she has been told her whole life has been what has been good for her and running to the thing um, that everyone else um, around her has rejected and ultimately got them killed. Right. And like, people could see this as like, you know, the ending to a horror movie, like, Oh no, she becomes a witch. And for me, I think it's so powerful and beautiful. And it's like, I don't see the like I like it's sucks that she only had these two choices. So you really ask yourself, did she really have a choice, or was like this the best of the lesser options that were presented to her? Um, but ultimately, I think Thomason's choice, and like you know, this is a freedom for her,
0: yeah. and like you see how happy, um, you see how happy she is at the end.
1: Yeah, like, and just like the look of ecstasy on her face and I just think it is I don't see this as like a scary ending I think it is a beautiful poignant liberating amazing moment and wait and so the most powerful way that you could have ended the movie because like you know she's not only naked but again she's as, as ascending like all of these people they're like literally levitating and again getting closer to heaven or God that, you know, the people that have condemned her will ever be. Um, and the irony in that is so, so, so sweet.
0: Yes. I I completely agree with everything you just said, and you probably said it better than I could have. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this movie as well, um, for all the reasons you just said, but I think the the great thing about this is that it seemed like the cast and crew, the director, like everybody really cared about every detail. So that's just what makes us even better in the end that like it was just executed, you know, flawlessly. So.
1: Yeah. And one thing I'll add to the production and like why some things feel like so lived in and, and real, like we talked about the lighting, like, the music, like like it was, there was no electronic instruments. Like Robert Eggers refused mm. for there to be any. Um, all of it had to be made um, with um, music or with instruments that would have been like true to that time. Um, and the, the script was like draw like a lot of elements of the script were drawn from primary sources. Um, so like writings of the time talking about witches or you know obviously the an old like testament bible like all of these things that actually were drawn from primary accounts from the time to that are actually quoted or used in the script to make it feel as authentic as possible
0: right and i think even to the 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 way that the, the movie title is designed with the two v's rather than a w like that's very much you know something that i i think he had seen um in multiple uh like books or or scripture from that time so this is very very authentic all the way around Well, Alex, I have had a splendid time talking about this movie with you. I I certainly have learned a lot because I don't know too much about, uh, you know, Christianity and religion in general. And um...
1: yeah, (laughs) as someone I I just I feel like I really I identify with Thomason um, and i watched this movie, this movie came into my life at a point where I was really like struggling with my faith and spirituality. And you know, everyone still does. Um, Right. And so for me, like, as someone that was raised Catholic, or in a, like, Christian household, and like, as I got older, like, you know, all these things, like, I can remember, like, and you know, I was so in love with my faith. And like, I wanted to get as close to God as possible. But all of these things outside of my control that were thrown up and held against me just for being a woman. Like I remember asking at a youth group meeting, we had like, instead of like in high school where you put the anonymous slips into a box, like ask Mm. your sex ed teacher, like the anonymous questions about sex. Uh, Here it was ask a priest and you ask anonymous questions and the priest would have to answer them. And so my question was like, why can't women be priests? And he was just like, so incensed by, the fact that anyone would like ask of that question and got like visibly irate oh, and well. was like, like, women, like, uh, sisters can be closer to, to God than priests ever can. And it's just so beautiful. And why people accept that you don't have to be a priest or a pope, the pope to be. Close to God, and it's really like you know it, this, and and Mary, and this whole thing about like being chosen, and blah blah blah, and like being the mother of God and closer to God than any man ever could. And I'm like, yeah, but at the end of the day, we're close to God, but we aren't God. And like, God is a man, and like, right. why is it that? W- why are these things all these way? It's not because God told us. It was because a bunch of men in power back in the day like got together, and they're like okay, these are the things that are going to be in the Bible and all these other versions of Gospels that were written by, you know, off-sects of Christianity or women, God forbid, those aren't going to be included. Like, we need to make this book and, like, weaponize this thing of Christianity that can literally harness the masses and give them a version of the, that is going to be non-violent and non-radical. So that's who really told you that women can't be priests. And because of all of that, like I really um, bond with Thomason and like this struggle that I've had, like through my whole life of, you know, botting up against systems that I'm told to believe in and put like my entire not just faith, but revolve my entire existence around, wow. right? The like, but these systems are ultimately built by and for men, and we are the foundation upon which it is built and expected to serve, and um only to be given a quote unquote salvation that we are told to believe is right and what that we should want. And then here we see Thomason rejecting that, and so for that that is one other ultimately like all the other things like robert egger as a director like all anya's acting like all of like the historical accuracy like the fact that the subject matter is a topic i'm very much interested in um all those things aside it ultimately resonates with me because i see so much of myself in thomason and as a character and like the arc that she goes through in this movie and how i think it's so beautifully like can even though it take is taking place in you know five almost five centuries like you know uh, away from me um from us that it's still able um to like resonate to us to this day in this story and that's just
0: so powerful and I love how passionate you are about this movie and like all the explanations. It's, it's amazing. I'm so happy. We, I'm, I'm sorry. so happy we did this together. Please do not apologize. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hey,
1: look at look at me. Look at me. I am the host now. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, listeners, this week on Super Scary. I have been your host, Alex Josh. Thank you for being my wonderful, wonderful guest.
0: Well, um, thank you for taking over this <laughs> podcast. Maybe you can take over the editing too. Well, that would be happy, amazing. Ha-
1: happy to happy to do so anytime.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> Well, um, speaking of wrapping up, I think it's a great place to do so. So, Alex, I would love uh, for you to tell the listeners where they can find you on the internet. You
1: can. Thanks again for having me, Josh. Um, This is Alex. I am one half of the show My Cabbage is an Avatar podcast. Uh, We are currently on break also along with our other... Uh, my, uh, movie night. Oh my god, I'm not movie night crew. Day of Sex Media podcast. As long as the SAG After Strike is going on, we are standing in the alley ship with all of our writers and actors. So we will continue to be on hiatus in the meantime, but it, we have already covered all of Avatar and like the first three books of The Last Airbender. So go check us out there. You can find us wherever you get podcasts, and we are also on threads and email and um instagram my cabbage cast um and email is my cabbage cast at gmail.com
0: Woo! and um i feel like i bring this up every time you and zach are on here but i really enjoyed the last uh episode that you did for uh the um or Avatar, the last Airbender, where you had James C on.
1: It was a true honor. You know, he was incredible. And, um, the cabbage man himself, I don't think we could have found a better way to end the show. Um, so yeah, or at least that, that arc, if rather the show's not over. We still we can't wait to come back to talk about Cora. Um, but until that happens, yeah, uh, we'll always, I mean, until then, like the if the last episode uh right now will and forever be the episode with james c and the cabbage man man i can die a happy person
0: right that's that's like a big accomplishment talk about podcast
1: goals right right
0: (laughs) awesome well thank you so much for joining me alex today it's a pleasure as always
1: always a pleasure
0: and um Listeners, you can follow me at Super Scary Podcast at, um, on all the socials and super scary at gmail.com. Please email me your thoughts about uh, this movie and if there are any A24 movies you would like me to cover in the future because I will need to uh, find a source of uh, movie watching for a bit until the sag after strikes end. Um, woo! woo. Um so anywho, uh enjoy your fall. Uh join me next Monday uh for another exciting episode of Super Scary. Bye-bye. Bye bye! Coffee, tea, honor, cabbage. Long ago, the four elements lived in harmony. Then, shit went totally cray when the Avatar attacked. Only the Cabbage Man, merchant to fine cruciferous vegetables, could stand against his trolling. But when the world needed some dank veg, he vanished. Ten years have passed, and my partner and I have started a new podcast.
1: My Cabbage An Avatar podcast.
0: A weekly show about Avatar The Last Airbender. Whether it's Sokka's new line of cologne. Hey,
1: look at you. Sitting there on a seal. Well, now look back at me. I'm on on an even bigger seal. Now look away.
0: D&D related antics. You have to make an acrobatics check for that. And Aang just like unzips his pants and whips out his D20s. Ah! He's just like, I got this. A randomly breaking into song. (laughs) So... A bending waterfall. We'll stumble our way through the greatest show ever made, one episode at a time. You can reach us at Cabbage Cast, which is our Twitter, or subscribe wherever you catch pod. Rotten uh, cabbages? What kind of slum do you think this is? Dave X Media.